So, Wayne, Ten Hag back in. 3-0 yeah. victory at Forest. One and a bit feet in the final. One and a bit. And, yeah, I feel somewhat responsible for our turgid recent form because I said Ten Hag out as a joke and the team seemed to take it seriously because they obviously <laughs> listened to this and down tools, putting these insipid... But no, I'm being, again, being a little bit naughty because I don't think the performances were that bad to warrant that kind of criticism. No. But, yeah, very, very pleasing return to form tonight because the one thing you want to see after a defeat is a reaction. And yep. we have seen that, by and large, in Ten Hag's reign. And I think if you wanted a reaction, you couldn't have asked for more than what we got tonight. Oh, no. I mean, especially given some of the performances we've seen from some of the other top six, big six in, in the EFL Cup this year, there's been, I mean, a shocker with City losing to Southampton, yeah. Southampton taking Newcastle close last night. This was just super comfortable. Again, after struggling to really create anything against Palace or Arsenal, this was nice that United created a lot. Yeah. And 3-0 was perfectly reasonable scoreline given how dominant United were. Yeah. Uh, the one moment from Forrest, I guess, where they scored and it was chalked off correctly. That that could have been that could have been an anxious moment. Wasn't and yeah, I got about their business. I mean I guess it all started helps when Marcus dances around the entire Forest team and puts one away. Yeah. Just just to remind, Gareth Southgate was in the stand just to remind him how little he used Marcus Rashford at the World Cup. Yeah. Although you would probably say, thanks to that, we've got a really fired up Marcus with something to prove because True. if you had raced him and flogged him all over the, the World Cup, then we might not have got this kind of resurgent in form Rashford that we see. Yeah, it's a really good performance, really good. Now here we go on the on the chart of what you describe a performance because at one point in the first half I tweeted it was accomplished. I think accomplished is probably a tad generous. Everyone straight after I tweeted that we conceded the offside goal. I'm going to revise my description of the performance to tidy. I think that was a tidy three nil win. I think we created. I don't think defensively we were troubled, really. I know that they had a few counters in the first half, but I felt we played like that because, and in a way, United always do, a good United team do play like that. They play open, they invite a team onto them to, to counter against them. I think we created plenty. We scored. There's never a bad time to score goals. Goals the cliche, but we scored the goals at the right time, especially the third that effectively yeah. kills the tie-off. And yeah, just a really, really business-like performance. Rashford, fantastic goal. Really, really fantastic goal. And Bruno at the end scoring. And, and obviously, you've got the boost of Vego scoring as well because there's a little bit of criticism coming into his into the media's assessment and some supporters' assessments yeah. of his performance. And to be fair, I've been, you know, I've been there too. I've not been completely praise I've not been completely in the praise camp for him I've seen why he should be criticised a goal can do wonders for a player's confidence and I can see what he brings to United's play the things that we saw tonight I, I think he's he has as you said about United's performance he's tidy yeah he he does well with the ball at his feet he it's not he he's bit like 
Sorry to bring him up, but the the guy's replaced. He's better than Ronaldo at this stage of Ronaldo's very long career with the ball at his feet. He's more helpful to United's play now. I think you can criticise Veghorst. I mean, it is probably unfair to criticise him for this, but he's not quick, so there's no point playing the ball into space. Yeah, ever basically, it's always got to go into his feet, and that does make it quite predictable, especially since Anthony needs the same thing. Anthony's kind of even worse. At least Veghorst moves the ball quickly, gets it, touch, moves the ball. Actually helps United's play, uh, and he's, he's someone you can play off. He's not the greatest number nine ever, but he's he's providing something to the team. And and we saw more of it tonight than we saw against Palace or Arsenal. Obviously, Anthony is still bewildering me because there's some stuff that looks great. I mean, obviously got the shot in for Veghorst's goal. Veghorst reacted quickly for that one. Good piece of work, did some good stuff. The skills and the touches are nice, but it's just, what, 70% of the time, the decision-making is the wrong one. When does he go past the player? When does he play the ball? How quickly does he play the ball? When he takes four touches, comes back on himself, spins round and allows the the opposition to filter back into shape, it's too much. Mm. And and we have a lot of that. He feels like a sort of 16-year-old kid who's still learning the game sometimes. So that was frustrating. But almost everything else was good. I mean, Varane got a rest and we didn't. We hardly saw anything at the back. I mean, Forrest had a lot of shots, but they were kind of all pointless yeah. ones from non-dangerous positions for the most. So, yeah, the defensive side of things was was pretty good. And last year, got some minutes. On, I didn't quite catch it whether Shaw's injured or was just given a rest. I didn't see that. Hopefully the so, latter. Yeah. yeah. Tidy in midfield, Casemiro, Eriksson, far too good for Forrest, obviously. And yeah, it's, it was a tidy, strong performance. You'd have to say this Forest side kind of help you. Yeah, they, they're they're not they're not a high pressing, high energy side, and they're not a low block side. They're somewhere in between, and and I think they're a nice team for United to play against as a as a result. Especially given the results over the last three, four days, or whatever it was, it's just been good to get the train rolling again and, and rebuild that momentum that's been so strong since the World Cup. Yeah, I, I think what Forest do that helps a team like United is they are a good team from what I from now what I've seen this is the first time I've seen Forrest in a proper way I mean I've watched a couple of games but not in any sort of detail now I've watched them compare if I'm, I'm comparing what I've seen to what they did with United I think they they've they are a very convenient side for a team who wants to play with economy and United when they were playing with economy at their best moments of the game. So when you were talking about Anthony earlier, and I fully agree, he looked like he was going to have a hell of a night for the first 10 minutes. He looked like he was really enjoying himself. And then when it became apparent that he was going to get quite a lot of space, then you saw the over-deliberation, the wastefulness. And I think that was the problem. If, if you had a tighter opponent who were going to make him work a little bit harder, affects the the speed of his decision-making, that he, he's not got too long to think. I'm, I'm not saying that he would always make the right decision, but it changes the way that a player makes his decision. You even saw it in yeah. the in the third goal, really. Bruno, normally when he's got that kind of time, I don't know, everything, again, the word is tidy. Alanga, very smart to set up the goal. We're going to give him praise for that because a lot of people have given him fair criticism, but very tidy to set up the goal, laid it off well, and Fernandez doesn't have to think about it, so he doesn't waste it. He's rolled into the net and 
and we've got the result. The, because really, yeah. that, it was the third goal that everybody wanted. Because even at 2-0, with a 2-0 lead to take back to Old Trafford, I still... Obviously, we would have made a lot of changes, don't get me wrong, but 3-0 is a, a massive comfort blanket and it completely changes the outlook of the next 10 days, which I it think really does, yeah. is what Tenor would have wanted, what the entire team would have wanted. You could see, really, in that second half, they were trying for that third goal for that purpose. And, to be fair, they've earned that com- completely, so you would imagine. I'm not saying procession, because we, we've learned that that's... Definitely something you can't take for granted with United. But the next two games are made immensely easier by the work that they've put in tonight. So while I'm saying tidy and economic, I'm also going to praise them because, look, teams have gone to Forest this season and lost. Liverpool have, have gone there and lost. It wasn't one to take for granted. And we've made that look like very light work. And really it wasn't. Even if they did make it comfortable for us, it's still yeah. still something that we had to work for and, and win. So praise, especially coming after Sunday, to to put in a performance like that is not something definitely in this day and age with United. Even if we are enjoying a bit of a renaissance under Ten Hag, still something that we shouldn't take for granted. So I definitely appreciate that's, what they did. That's right. Tonight. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's good. The three nil's great because they can make, we'll, we'll make changes against Reading on Saturday. We can change heavily for Forest next Wednesday, and it's the only breathing room in the next three weeks, which is yeah. absolutely insane. Now we'll see whether that Leeds match happens or not. Depends on the FA Cup results and and everything. But but if it, assuming it does, it's going to be you know, Leeds and. Barcelona and all the other fixtures back to back to back to back. So this period is a nice one for just resetting because I think we saw against Palace and Arsenal the the kind of impact of a lot of intense games. I think really, especially against Palace, we saw the impact of yeah. the intensity of the derby. I think they did look tired, and 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 they ran out of steam against Arsenal as well. It really came under a lot of pressure, and so you just look at the big picture. And tonight's result really ha- helps, and it just really helps that Forest. A are quite low energy. They're, they're a neat enough passing side, but they're not in your face all the time, and they're not physical either. Mm. And these are just great things to to have in a. If you're United, from United's perspective, uh, and you're looking at the opposition, and you've got a really heavy schedule, you don't want heavy metal football, and you don't want people getting kicked. Mm. And we didn't get either of those, and and it just yeah. You're absolutely right. Next 10 days looks so much easier as a result. And we saw some minutes from some of the fringe players as well. Garnacho got quite a long block of time, didn't really do anything today, but he needs those minutes, especially in the middle of contract negotiations. Yeah. And we want to convince him that his future's at United and we want him, want him to develop. So that was good. And saw some of Pellistri as well, who just, he looks like a good option doesn't he as a backup I mean if he's going to get minutes if they're not going to loan him out which seems like they're not Ten Hag wants him in the squad then he's got to use him otherwise we get a kind of Lingard moment don't we where you you force a player to stay against his will and then don't give him any time so so that was good a little bit of a langer at the end question mark over a langer and his development and and his quality so that was good and Lindelof got some game time too. Interesting that he came in and not Harry Maguire. Maguire I think um, Maguire was suspended. 
I believe. Oh, my God, I was suspended. So, yeah. All right. Well, I was going to make a big point going, Harry's got a... Yeah, anyway. All right. <laughs> <I think laughs> it might have been him anyway. <laughs> it's it's still... Yeah, it would have been. And I think the point would still be salient. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. But yeah. The the one... I, I guess the one different thing was the cameo for Palestra to see him sort of play with that kind of freedom. And I think we mentioned it before. If I, I always worried about Palestra because we'd not seen anything. And you start to think, obviously we'd seen him play in the long games, caught a glimpse of him here and there in the reserves and everything, or the under-23s. And then you start to wonder, is that a player who's so out of his depth that he can't be trusted to play a single minute of senior football for United? And now you've seen him play, and he doesn't look like a player who can't be trusted because he's, we, we've, we have witnessed Bebe play for the Manchester United first team. And <laughs> yeah. so if we can see Palestri playing... And, look all right, then I'm wondering, you know, all right, every play needs acclimatisation, but two years? Is it two years? Was it two or three years? It's, t- it's two, two years, Two and a yeah. half. Two the work full year, to, yeah, yeah, definitely over two. So two and a half, yeah. Clocking up to that, and he's been out, and he's come back, and he's got a chance, and he looked all right. I mean, yeah, you can you can definitely see the sort of rustiness, but then that's the kind of thing that you would, oh, rustiness, the, the awkwardness, the disjointedness, but you can almost see that if he'd had had some time around United or the first team and had a little bit more integration in these kind of games, of which there have been plenty, then maybe some of that would have been knocked out of him and it would have been a little bit yeah. more acclimatised. So definitely the next two games does gives it, give us that option to sort of give him an hour in one game, at least an half in the other. Do you know, he could start against Forest at this point and you wouldn't be too shocked. You, you expect him to start against Reading because he's nothing to lose, really, playing in yep. there. So, yeah, I'm, and and I wouldn't be against... I know you said Alanga may be a, more of a miss than a hit at this point, but it's a good option because I thought, like I said, I thought he did quite well when he came on the, the assist was very good so there's nothing yep. wrong with giving him a run out as well on Saturday so yeah it, rather than well, we need we need options don't we yeah. because it starts to look thin if people are out injured especially yeah. up front I mean there there are a lot of bodies but not too many you can absolutely count on yeah. right now to be delivering and and so yeah they all they all matter at the moment I, I was kind of surprised surprised not surprised that we we didn't see Sancho. He's been back in training for a full week, over a week now. So he's had a lot of time back with the squad. I, I, I guess they're still bringing him up to sort of speed with the the group training. Um, maybe we'll see him against Reading and Forest. It, it must be just a matter of like how close he is now to being ready. It, it, but this, this kind of felt like a good period to reintegrate him. Not in this one, maybe, maybe in the, the games to come. But again, he'll be important. I mean, it's it's a shame in a way that Sancho prefers playing off the left, as is Rashford, mm. who's undroppable, obviously, and Garnacho. Uh, and really, it's competition on the right we'd really like to to push Anthony on or or provide an alternative, perhaps a more productive version of someone there. So we'll again we'll we'll see on Sancho. But it's it's good that there's competition and people get him in it. So we do need it. And in centre forward role, I mean I guess Martial's still declaring himself unfit. So fake course for the moment he's played three games in a row. I I guess we don't know whether he'll play on, on Saturday. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does though, just because he again needs time 
I mean, he had he had time away for the World Cup, so he hadn't actually played a club game for six weeks, mm. more than six weeks by the time he joined us. Well, I think he had that one one game after the World Cup, didn't he? But but so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play again. But again, it's like getting people fit, getting people back into the squad, getting them minutes where the younger players all all important. Yeah, I do have less of a concern about Sancho. Obviously, I want to see him back, but I think as long as it's managed at the pace, you know what I mean? The the need of whatever's going on, I think, is more important than... More important uh, than the immediate need, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to... If it takes another month to get him back in for whatever reason, for whatever reason, and I think it's wise not to speculate, then trust the manager's judgment because he's done the right thing so far by by almost everything else. And it's not wise to do anything else to speculate. But but like you said, on the basis of we all want to see a good fit, raring to go Jadon Sancho back in the side because that is an asset, then absolutely, as soon as we can, then that will be brilliant, of course. Well, he looks looks trim. Yeah. Uh, Whatever programme he's been on fitness-wise, he he looks good. I mean, he's definitely slimmer. Uh, we'll see whether that's good or not. I mean, it's not super quick. Will that help with his pace, or did he need to bulk up to get a bit more strength? We'll we'll see how that plays out. But they've, the fitness side of things looks like it's it's had an impact on him physically. The mental side of things, which I think just reading between the lines, is the the bigger challenge with him. Well, let's hope he's done that work and he's ready because yeah, absolutely an asset. But it's coming up to it's a year and a half, eighteen months since he joined. So of course he want something out of him that's more than we've had. And we know he's got the talent. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, it really does. When we're talking about a centre-forward, by the way, number nine, he's obviously not that. But I do think that the versatility of Rashford and Anthony, and we certainly saw in the early weeks of the season because Rashford and Sancho were quite good, especially when Martial was playing. I wouldn't discount him playing in that front line on the basis that we all sort of accept he's not a number nine and what he's actually doing is he's moving around and creating space for other players. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see that on, on the basis that we don't, apart from Vegas, we don't have another option. So in games where we can afford to experiment, then I wouldn't yeah. be averse to seeing something like that for sure. And I do think there's room for him in that line with Rashford and Anthony there as well. I, don't, I wouldn't discount that completely. No, not at all. Yeah, I'm looking forward to looking forward to having him back. And the overall, I guess the overall picture from this is it's it's just everything everything is positive. I, I actually didn't feel too down about the defeat to Arsenal. I mean, in the end, United weren't very good, and it's it's a real kick in the teeth because it's such a late goal, and United were very close to getting a draw in that one, a couple of minutes away. Mm. Just needed to hold out, didn't manage it, and that's why it felt pretty bad but the performance wasn't awesome so kind of would have got away with the point there Uh, and and then bringing it back to this game just the immediate return to what we had before and the momentum we can forget the 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 two games I mean in, in in a sense the Palace game was more disappointing yeah just because we are we're a year well I mean Arteta's had three years at the beginning of this year when they lost a couple of games Piers Morgan their super fan was calling for Arteta to be sacked for about the seventy fifth time so yeah. Ten Hag has achieved in six months what it took Arteta two and a bit years to get to yeah. 
So the, the 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 growth path is there, isn't it? And so in a way, the Palace game was more disappointing because those were yeah. the games that United were being so efficient about closing out. Yeah, and and let's not forget we lost. So we lost the Palace last season with a, a sort of lazy Fernandez error, which cost us. Yeah, it cost us this time in in one aspect. We lost Arsenal in a capitulation last season. I'm not saying there are good ways to lose, but there are better ways to lose a game of football. And we lost in a better manner on on Sunday. Now, we also lost missing our best and most influential player and a player who's so influential that it completely changes the the dynamic of the way that we're able to play in the middle of the park. We can either... We haven't mentioned his name tonight, have we? And he was brilliant again. Exactly. And, And just quietly so. So... If you have Casemiro in your midfield, you have a midfield that's capable of holding onto the ball. If you don't, then Manchester yeah. United do not have a midfield that's capable of holding onto the ball. So the dynamic of that Arsenal game completely changed and we still took it all the way. Even though we were flagging from the 60th minute and that goal was coming, we weren't outclassed and we still took it to the end, which is still more than what we were doing 12 months ago. So there are ways to lose and you can still measure progress in the manner in which you lose a game of football. And United are going to lose games of football, and we didn't throw the towel in. We still dug in without Casemiro. Yeah. And, I, yeah, it's disappointing to lose. But, yeah, like you said, on the balance of things, probably more frustrated with what happened against Palace because you know how much it affected what happened against Arsenal. And Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. And and the compound effect was was the thing that was really disappointing. Yeah. But but momentum's everything, and we've got a little bit back now. And then Reading Forest Palace Leeds Leeds before the Barcelona game. I mean, that's a lot of winnable games. And in the recent years, we've said, "Oh, winnable games," and then we've gone and lost one 0 to West Brom or Trafford or something. Yeah. So, and I don't feel like that's likely to happen anymore united are very efficient at putting away crap teams it's been very <laughs> very efficient <laughs> and that's what you want yeah. don't you and, with, with all due and, respect with all due respect yeah no. well i mean you know to most of them maybe not everton no, yes <laughs> but but you you are completely right if somewhat blunt with the point and i completely agree there is a kind of reassurance in that with united at the moment and you do back them to make changes over the next couple of games and still because you know that Tenag will be the, the drum that he'll be banging is get the win, get the win, get that pattern yeah. of wins going again because look how how you know groove we were for that period of time. So yes, he'll make changes, but yes, he'll want to win those games of football first and foremost. Because I think now with a more balanced and general acceptance that United it's a very outside chance that they're going to challenge for the league. Not completely taken off the table, but a very outside chance. Their better prospect is in the Cups. So they've taken on that importance. And United, there's a good feel, there's a good atmosphere in the Cup games this season. And they just take on extra significance, not only in the momentum of of the winning run, but also in the momentum of the season. I'm hey, quite positive. Trophies matter as yeah. well, don't they? I mean, the fans, the, winning the EFL Cup would not have been top of anyone's priority list. 
this season, but it's getting right up there now because it's, it's how long? It's nearly six years since since the trophy. I'm I'm right in saying 2017 Europa League. Oh God! Anything yeah. since then? I don't think there was. So right? that's so, the, that's going to be the longest between trophies since 83 and yeah. 77. So right, that's, Gosh, that is a time. Amazing, isn't it? What a statistic! Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was at that Europa League final in Stockholm. United played crap, to be honest. They just booted it long to Maran Fellaini. I mean, it was one of those Mourinho masterclasses of <laughs> knew exactly how to beat Ajax and went and went and did it. So scrappy goal and and hoof it long, scrappy couple of goals. Well, deflection and a scrappy goal, but yeah, too too way too long, way too long. And and it's nice in a sense that this is earlier in the season, the AFL Cup. So, I mean, I, I don't want to think about. Let's just say Newcastle get to the final. I don't want to think about the alternative of not winning that final and, mm. and us being part of the the Saudi public investment fund's first glorious trophy. Mm. That is not a palatable option, but let's just imagine the best case scenario, United do win that. Then there's still the Europa League, the FA Cup, and chasing fourth place. United are making sure the season is stretching well into May. Because last season it was dead around January, wasn't it? I mean, it was just at least we were getting we were getting pretty strong signals that it was about to be dead. Yeah, because because yeah, well, when did Ralph come in November? And it was already already the the smoke the white smoke was coming out of Old Trafford with this ain't good and no one likes it. Yeah, who is this guy and what are they trying to do? The change a year on is just incredible. Well, was it wasn't it the away losses started in in January? The run of run of right. away losses. Like, and how many were there in a row? Seven in a row or something? Sort of, no, I think it was more than that, and probably the same kind of number that we weren't scoring goals in them as well. It was it was like a funeral tour, wasn't it? Yeah. Of, of, oh my god, it was dreadful, yeah. and it was so bad. Paul quit podcasting. You couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> he quit watching, quit quit watch, watching football and took up cricket instead. Yeah, well, um, well, you know, it was a good time to get out. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, yeah, it was a good right. time to get out. If you're going to choose a time, then that was the time. Um, but but by the way, I mean, talking to momentum, I was looking at the fixtures, and we've concluded our four games against City and and Arsenal. Yeah. This is league fixtures, and we have, I think it's. I'm right in saying 11 of the remaining 18 games are against the bottom half teams. A, a lot of them. And and of the games we play against the top half teams, quite a few of them are Old Trafford. So it's it's a good... It's like if you, if you want to say we put away crap teams efficiently, it's a good second half of the season. Now, of course, it's the cup... The cup really does have an impact if United beat Barcelona and it's a big if because Barcelona are actually quite good this season then then there'll be a lot of fixtures but United are in a good position we should I think we should feel pretty good about it yeah do you, are you concerned about I mean obviously like you said Barcelona are playing well do you think it changes the perspective of Ten Hag's first season if we go out to Barcelona no, because I think they're a legit good side. I mean, they're they're top of La Liga. Obviously, they've had all these financial problems, but they've they've basically kicked that can down the road by selling five hundred million euros worth of their future revenue, which which will have an impact based on the way that this new 
profitability rules are shaped, it will definitely have an impact in the future. But they've they've gambled on winning, driving new revenue that they don't currently have. And as a result, they've got a pretty good team. I mean, you look at their back four, it's not conceding many goals. They're, they've got they've got some some really good players in there. Christensen's having a good season. Not sure we saw that that often for Chelsea. Araujo is a legit good young defender. Kunde seems to be playing right back a lot, but he's and as he did in the World Cup. But he's pretty versatile. I mean, they've got they've got a strong back four and Pedri. They've got world class. I mean, he might be nineteen or whatever, but he's obviously a a great midfielder. And a really nice balance there. And and Lewandowski's always going to score goals. It's just against anyone. It's just interesting to pause that because obviously the conversation, the recurring conversation that we've had throughout the season is how critical it is that United qualify for the Champions League next season for all sorts of reasons. And that's one avenue. And I wonder, I'm not saying that you're, because I, I, def- I know you, Ed, and I, I know you're definitely not counting your chickens and sort of saying, well, we, we're secure to do it in the league. But in when you're speaking about the team and not as the club, as the team, and you're looking at the team, I think that's probably a reflection of how confident or secure you feel in the team's direction, just purely on the team and not the club and how critical it is for the club. And I think that's probably the biggest compliment that you could pay to an org, that you're not looking at one of the two avenues that are so critical for what the the future of the club's going to look like and saying, all right, well, it's not going to be panic mode if we lose to Barcelona. It's a very interesting... And But also you just kind of look at like that game on, on, on its own merits as well, those yeah. two games. It, it will. I, I would be really surprised if Barcelona blow United away. They're a good side, but they're imperfect. And especially Busquets, he's getting on, his legs aren't as mobile, and he's players around him. But they've got a good balance in there. I've got a lot of options up front. So just on its merits, it'll be a tough tie. I'd be really surprised if if it's not tight. I like that United are at New Camp first. We'll bring them back to Old Trafford, hopefully still in the game. There's been occasions over the years when we've gone to, to Camp New and been blown away after the, the Paris Saint-Germain game. I think it was the last one, right? They yeah. lost their yeah. 3-0, was it? So I, I hope United go there, strong performance, uh, I don't think there's any reason why United can't give them problems. Going to have to get the ball. That might be a challenge. Yeah, but, but yeah, big picture, as you're saying, it's, it would be nice to go further in this tournament. It's unfortunate United have got this playoff round. It's down to a bloody referee yeah. in their interpretation of handball. And and it will make several tens of millions um, of pounds worth of revenue difference, which will impact United's ability to spend in the summer. That said, I'm kind of expecting takeover to happen before then and whoever comes in to be sort of Billy Billy Big Balls and get out their check and sign a bunch of players anyway. I'd be really surprised if that doesn't. If they if new owners come in and they go, ooh, financial fair play, we're, we're quite tight on the limit here, we probably better not spend any money. Like Chelsea. A, it wouldn't be a good look, would it? No. I, I, the, the Barcelona one is interesting to me in the, in the lens of, take Casemiro out when he's suspended, and we all kind of knew what was going to happen against Arsenal. But with Casemiro yeah. in the team, I'm not saying that he, he transforms our, our expectations of, of what we'll expect against Barcelona, but what he does do is make me curious as to how we'll play against Barcelona. Now, if we don't have Casemiro, I know what to expect. But if we do have him, 
will we will we be more imposing of ourselves? How will that look? Yeah. You know, like, you still expect that they'll dominate the ball, but how does not not a pragmatic? How does a responsive United team who do seek to impose their style on the game? How do they respond with Casemiro in the midfield? That I'm, I'm curious, and a lot of these curiosities that I've had under Tenorg, he's answered very well because he's always come up with good solutions for them. But obviously, it was impossible with Arsenal because it was a short space of time to in which to do it, in in which to activate some kind of game plan that that was against what we would expect, and for for the for really the reason of Casemiro and. It's a compelling fixture for me, the Barcelona one. And one of those where I'm thinking, again, much the same as you, they're a great, oh, they're on a, a great run at the moment. They're, they're playing good football and I don't really, I wouldn't be too critical if, we, if we're eliminated as long as we put up a good account of ourselves. Right, right. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, I don't think there are any other topics this week. Right. Oh no, no, no big movements on the on the front. I don't expect we'll see any incomings in the next six days. I do see a lot of speculation around loans. I'm like, hmm, I'm pretty sure we can only have two of them, folks. So that's not going to happen, and and nothing big has happened around the takeover this week. Don't I don't think. Don't you want to welcome Paul Ince back to Old Trafford? Oh yeah, manager of Reading. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be getting a rousing... You're right, we should talk about that. I'm very sorry, I totally forgot that United have a game on Saturday. Yes, manager of Reading. He's had a stellar managerial career, has Paul Ince. Yeah, and... uh, I mean, at least at least when he's managing a team, he's not on TalkSport gobbing off all the time. Or uh, It wasn't TalkSport, it was his column in, uh, in uh, Paddy Power or something like that. It was... Um, Horrible, awful, crappy paid gig. So at least he's doing a legit football job now. That good for him. On Saturday, at the same time as Manchester United play Reading, and by the way, that's eight pm on Saturday night. And by the way, it is weird. Weird feature. That's BBC fixture, I think. No, no, no. But no, no, no. If you if you can't catch that at eight pm on Saturday night at Old Trafford, you can catch it on ITV Four. And oh. if if you're not catching it on ITV4, then you're most likely in town. An evening with Peter Schmeichel, who is in town. And if you are not there, then you might have been out celebrating at the Lowry because the Lowry are hosting a 30-year anniversary of the Premier League first winning team in which Brian Robson will be present, Paul Parker oh, will nice. be present, Clayton Blackmore. Brian McClare, oh Sunbed, Lee Sharp, a few others, and I. My theory is that Paul Ince would be much more popular if he turned up at that event rather than at Old Trafford, where he's going to be on <laughs> Saturday night. I don't think he's going to get the best reception at Old Trafford. I mean, there have been plenty of ex-players who've come back and do get a good reception. Paul Ince, of course, went on and played for Liverpool and was quite gobby, and then spent much of the time out of out of work being a renter gob like criticizing whatever manager united had at the time some of it legitimate often it wasn't so i i i don't follow reading week to week do you i don't but what i can say 
is that Paul Ince was a good midfielder for Manchester United. He was. He was, he was a very good yeah, midfielder. He was. Yeah. If you forget, we did a series of, during lockdown, Paul and I did a series of retrospectives and did quite a lot of 90s football because 90s football was the best football. Of course. Of course. It was, it was when United won a lot and I went to a lot of games, life changes. But uh, Ince was a legit good player. It was I magnificent. Think, uh, for, there for there a used to there used to be a song that England fans would sing, which was basically along the lines of "Paul Ince can play for England, so can I," and that was just it was deeply unfair, and I think reflected a lot of the antipathy towards Manchester United during that time. But he was a very good player. I I um, think strange strange guy though. I think it's even fair to say that in the period the migration of Robson out and Keenan, so ninety four when that was happening. Ince was probably the best midfielder in the country, and he sort of definitely helps that assimilation. But that's the theory that I would hold up. Maybe even ninety four, ninety five, and maybe that's what contributed to him getting a little bit too big for his boots with with Fergie. But yeah, brilliant midfield. I don't know how I feel. There are some people who jumped ship and went elsewhere, like Peter Schmeichel. That I don't really, and Mark Hughes even. I don't, I don't have the same hostility that a lot of people do, even given the cartwheel and. Hughes's spikiness with Fergie yeah. over the years. I don't hold yeah. resentment for them. I don't know why. I don't really hold it for Ince as well. I, I, but I guess with Ince, I kind of feel nothing now, and I, that's a shame because I don't like feeling like that about United. But he's been so critical, and he's. I think it was the scoring at the cup and really loving it, and be, really loving it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, things like that. Which I maybe, think it's the totality, isn't it? Yeah, it's, Sharp was spiky, and he's just that kind of personality. Uh, but he, he's still a big part of United, and I don't feel yeah. like he's tarnished that despite managing City. Schmeichel, I mean, Schmeichel never says anything particularly offensive because he's just one of the worst pundits that has ever graced or disgraced football punditry he just listen to him if you write it down what he says is an absolute jumble of word salad and you're like what what point were you making there there was some speculation recently actually that he might be offered a role in more of an executive position with united under new ownership because i think his i think his people have been pushing to to have a role with the, the club for some time now and so who, who do you mention in yeah it's it's completely different i feel i i mean I'm not going to get too hot under the collar about it. It doesn't matter to me that much, but I do think he's kind of, he's earned a living getting paid by a betting company to slag off United week to week. I, it's pretty tawdry. You know what I would have liked? He has been out of work for eight years though, so he needed something. What he should have done is come back into play as a midfielder because I have a theory about... We Paul, needed something, yeah. A, a theory about Paul Lins. So he scored a last minute equaliser for United in a 2-2 draw at West Ham. And then he scored a last-minute equaliser for Liverpool in a 2-2 draw against United. I wonder if he could have kept doing that into perpetuity just for the rest of life, for the rest of life on earth as we know it. So he would have maybe gone to, who would have been a rival for Liverpool? Everton. Go to Everton, score a last-minute goal for Everton against Liverpool in a 2-2 draw. Then go to Tramia. And score and just work your way down the pyramid. <laughs> no, not necessarily. You can you can make sideways steps. You can jump up. It's just choose your own adventure, basically. But you've got to find the nearest rival, the next nearest rival, and see if he could arrive back eventually, like for Millwall against West Ham. Mm. 
I'll try and... Sounds like a football manager save of some kind. That <laughs> How one old does, would he it? be? He's like 86, still with his column. Still, He's got, still got his column, having a go at Tenog Jr. for something or other. But he's still playing in the heart of Forest Green Rovers midfield. And I don't know where... <laughs> Their rivals are, and I should. Talk, talking about juniors, Tom Ince is at Reading. Who, who, if you want to feel old, Tom Ince, who I remember thinking, oh, like, you know, prospect, sprightly Ince Jr., he's 30. No, so, anyway, yeah, no. No, I know, I know. It's Romeo Beckham was at the United game the other day, sitting alongside his dad. I think he's in the, the Brentford B team at the moment. Anyway, Reading, not very good, mid table in the championship, got spanked 4 0 at Stoke the weekend that's yeah challenge, challenging job in, interesting club reading they've had a, a few owners who've perhaps not done the best the best by the club i, d- I don't know it's the it's the old trafford isn't it but uh, trying to think is the majeski stadium who now the former owner still called the majeski stadium have they got some second tier sponsor no i that think tends to happen with championship I, I clubs. think they changed the name of the stadium i, I couldn't tell you about it. i'm pretty sure they did change the name of it i will say if we are really going to analyse the game, because we've danced around it, you've made me talk about two twos for too long, and it was all your fault. But no, I, on on serious analysis of the game, I think if they have got a chance, Paul Ince will be looking at that saying, nobody really wants to play at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night, and you might well feed into something there. If you make it difficult... And then get it to nine o'clock on a Saturday night, and it's still nil-nil, or you're still level. Make it awkward, make it horrible, make it a very uncomfortable experience for everybody. Then it could be difficult. I mean, we've seen that happen with teams in the past, and they, if you're going to be honest, their best chance isn't going to be if they come to play football. Their best chance is going to be if they come to make it horrible. And that's my one fear: is that you're going to get that kind of game, and really. That's the, I mean, you can see them playing like that anyway. So it's for United to get it done early as early as possible. So maybe there's some wisdom in starting Vegas, like you said, starting one or two of the senior players, keeping that momentum, put it to bed before off time, then make the changes, and then you can afford to to take the night off against Forest for some of those players. Yeah, last thing we want is a replay. Yeah. So yeah, because that would go into the slot where Leeds is now, and the Leeds game would have to find another slot. At some point, it, don't know where. No room in the calendar. Is there? Is there a worst? Is there a worse place in a football fixture calendar than Saturday night at eight o'clock on ITV Four? Is that ITV Five? <laughs> anybody? Does it exist? Pretty, I mean, is there a place? Bad. I don't know. Thursday at eleven o'clock on on ITV Seven, just after Love Island for <laughs> scheduling conflict. I don't know. It, it seems like the Worst place that they could find it, and I know because what? Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty bad a Saturday night. I mean, fans coming from Reading, and there'll be a lot of them. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how many trains back there'll be that way. Rotten. So it's 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 definitely not a, a fan friendly kickoff that one. I suppose Friday night's pretty crap, and that was the last one. So yeah, well, uh, we'll go with Saturday night. And uh, everyone going to go out and have a decent beer afterwards after a comfortable 4-0 win by the kids. Wasn't a mix of kids and, yeah. and the first team, I imagine. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Catch you soon.
No question about that. It's supported by you, our listeners, through patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod, where you can get access to our weekly ad-free bonus episode talking about football around the Premier League and Europe. 